When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I'm talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed worldwide, according to Indeed data. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million monthly unique visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Hack It Out. Just go to Indeed.com slash Hack It Out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Hack It Out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So today's question on the Hack It Out Golf Podcast with myself, Mark Cross, with Luce and Scott Fawcett, is why are tour pros always right? So not to single out tour pros collectively, I'm just saying that, but there is definitely this kind of trend that I've seen over years of coaching. I think the guys are also seeing it a little bit at the moment, where if a tour pro says something, regardless if it's right or wrong, it's just given as a fact because of their success. It's an interesting discussion that I think coaches have had for many years. Let's see where this one goes. So why are tour pros always right, guys? And where do we draw the line? So what I mean by this is I've had discussions all through my life, and I think you're both experiencing it now, maybe on Twitter, where um, a tour pro does an article or a um, a video which used back in the day old ball flight law non-logic and i would point out to my audience i'd say look you know what that player has said isn't actually true that might be what they feel but that isn't actually what's happening and people would say things like well he's won x amount of majors what do you know and that statement used to always baffle me i mean if you look at some of the best coaches in history i mean if i was a if you're one of the best players in the world you wouldn't be one of the best coaches is the general pattern does that make sense it does to me because why you know if you're good at doing you do and if you want to learn how that's done then you dedicate they're different skill sets they're just completely different skill sets they can intertwine but they aren't the same it's those it's the same argument that obviously a lot of people give academics a hard time you know those who can do and those who can't teach and you know i think that that's i thought it was those who can't teach gym I thought that was the, that was the same. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I think that it's just people just the appeal to authority. It's a strong, it's a strong argument that, you know, has stood the test of time. Like, I, you know, I did this better than you. And I don't think that, you know, in, in my case, you know, I, I wasn't a total flop as a playing professional. And so I hear I you were quite good, Scott. <laughs> no, I'm good now. I, was, yeah, good I wasn't now. good as a playing professional. <laughs> you know what it is? It's just an appeal to authority. I did this better than you, so I must know more than you. And I'm like, well, at, at, at most, I was 1% worse than you in actual golf skills. But now with my you know personal experience and background in math and poker and, and high-level golf, I do feel like I see things a lot better than a lot of tour players. And, and I'll give some of the commentators credit. A lot of them... I gave a really hard time to right out of the blocks when I started doing this. And 
they've since changed and come to some seminars and listened and learned. And, you know, it's just another, just another crop every single week. That's like, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like, Oh boy. I mean, again, that it does go round and round and round, doesn't it? That's the thing I've noticed over years of doing online content. It just goes round and round and round of people doing, it's almost like you should never meet your hero. I always relate it a little bit to that idea. So, you know, I, I have met some of my heroes and I'll be, honest with you i've generally been a bit disappointed because they i i would they're heroes because i like watching what they do they're not my heroes because i particularly think they're the cleverest people in the world or particularly people i would learn from in say a golf swing uh, stance i would learn from them if i wanted to know what it feels like to walk down the 18th in a major and win and i would learn from them if i want to know what it feels like to be in certain situations that I'm not in, but when it comes to a technical move in the swing, which might be applying, say, the law of physics, um, we seem to be having some debates. And I think I didn't think we were having that many big debates on some of these basic laws of physics. It's almost like a little bit like that. The other thing I think that's happening a lot in golf, which has really changed, and I'll throw this to Lou, is there are more people like Lou. I have learned more about golf golf strategy and just improving golfers from some minds that literally I don't even care what their standard in a, is of golf. I think of Sasha McKenzie. Like I think off the top of my head, he's like a seven, four, seven, eight handicapper, but I don't care. I think he's actually I, better than that. He's actually got a legitimate left-hand swing too. I think he's yeah, actually he has. around scratch. He might, he might be lower now. I'm sure he was seven <laughs> I he when I spoke to him, but I don't care. Fair enough. Like, I'm not yeah. looking at that. That's my point. I want his knowledge and his studies. And Lou, I want his I want his stat knowledge. I want to learn. I don't care that he puts cack handed. Do you know what I mean? Well, it does get under my skin a little bit. That <laughs> Lou, would you see that? Would you think that's fair? I mean, you definitely got a bit of a voice. If you, uh, now, you know, if you <laughs> if you also want to learn what it feels like to win the member member on the net division <laughs> yeah. side. I can talk to you about that a little bit. <laughs> I haven't walked down Augusta. Hey, hey. I haven't won any majors, but I've won the member member in the net division. Exactly. It's all relative. It is all relative. Uh, but I think golf is, uh, is like other sports where um, they've gone through a significant shift um, with analytics and applying math to understand the game in the world uh, better than they once did. And uh, knowledge has evolved and knowledge has changed. And I think that has started to happen with golf over the last, uh, you know, 10, 15 years really started with, um, you know, with Brody. I mean, he was the, the one that, you know, really started to uh, shift golf and, and move the needle with what we knew and what we understood. And I think there's a lot of growing pains, uh, in making those changes to uh, you know shift people away from the 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 myths and the things yeah. that they thought to be true for years and and we can now understand that maybe it's not exactly what they thought was true but there's still a lot of people in the game that you know grew up and they've thought that for decades and some of them played at a very high level for decades and um, they you know they they apply what they know to you know today and, and they haven't necessarily and I'm not picking on it on anyone in particular but they haven't kept up with what we've learned and what we understand and they're still basing their thoughts and opinions and statements on on the you know the anecdotes that they heard from 40 years ago and yeah. and, and we've we've gotten past that. 
turn. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. Well, some as well. of us have gotten past that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting as well because I look at some of these voices from the you know the ex Torpro voices, not to name any where people know who their ex Torpro voices are, and they spring up in all different places from Twitter to commentary and other places. Um, and I think, well, you know, you've earned a lot of money. You're a successful player. Unless you've got a real passion to keep learning, which I would say many don't. You don't like why I, 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 their lives are comfortable. Then I look at them and I don't ask for their assistance in modern takes on ground reaction forces or strategy ideas built around what you guys are doing. I, I, I would be surprised if they did know. So it's not that I think oh, you're an idiot because you don't... It makes a lot of sense why you don't understand. But we have this mess then where mainstream media still pulls maybe on these voices as the go-to voices. And again, my point is that the bigger voices I've learned from in golf by far in the last X amount of years, there's no relationship to their ability. Like there is just zero connection to their ability that I make from the team at Ping to Lou, you included, to Sasha McKenzie, to a stat guy I work with here in the UK. Like they teach me so many things that I don't need them to tell me that they could hit a ball really well themselves. I just need them to understand why people who are good at hitting the ball and scoring, how are they doing that? Before history is written, Played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And I think that's the big shift, isn't it? It's more of a... It's it rather than the truth being in the dirt, we've kind of tried to turn to science and fact a little bit more because in dirt, there's just worms generally, aren't there? Just worms and grit and stuff. Yeah, and you know what I think is important too is is that the knowledge that we have today could also shift and change, and we will continue to learn more, and we may slightly change or change some of the things we believe to be true now totally. after we have more information. And I think it's very important to be flexible and open to uh, new information and let that adjust what you think. Now, I, I'm not saying you you, know, you just kind of blow around in the wind and, and you you know change what you think to be true on an hourly basis, but as new information comes to the surface, it's important to objectively evaluate that information uh, and question it and, and see if that changes what you think instead of just being stuck somewhere permanently. We will continue to learn more. And I, I think there's still so many um, lesser explored areas in the golf world that we'll, we'll continue to uh, expand our knowledge on. Yeah, they'll just keep evolving, wouldn't it? So why do you think these ex-players do get stuck in these ruts and still then maybe are happy to be quite vocal, even though they've blatantly got nothing to back it up apart from X millions in the bank. Like that, is it the security that they knew they were good? And then in turn, maybe that their audience, 
you know, they they admire what they achieve. So you get this a term that you use quite a lot, this kind of confirmation bias, isn't it? Like it's it, it's almost to be, it's, it's too easy to believe your own success almost. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, confirmation bias is a very powerful thing. And I'll use an example from last year. And some people may have heard the story. And um, it's it's around Brad Faxon. And I'm not picking on him. uh, But he said something along the lines of when he was putting really well, he was hitting the ball so firm that when he missed the hole, he had to hit to mark his comebackers because he was hitting them so far past the hole. And when I and, and to be clear, I mean, Brad Faxon is clearly one of the best putters the game of golf has ever seen, without yeah. question. Um, he would be, if we had strokes gained all the way back to the beginning of time, I would guess he would he would be top five all time, ever play the game. Um, and, and so he certainly knows how to putt and, and can execute and can putt very well. But when you, when you, uh, I peeled back the data a little bit and when he was putting his worst, he was actually hitting it well past the hole when he missed. And so it was just the opposite of what he thought to be true was, was going on. Um, and, and I think, and that's not that he doesn't know what he's doing. Obviously he's a phenomenal putter. Um, it's just, we, we can be very influenced by confirmation bias. Um, oh, look, I, I'm putting well today. And, and maybe he, he lagged three or four putts really close that day that, you know, just barely went past the hole, but he hit one for whatever reason stood out to him and he hit it three feet past. And, and in his mind, he said, yep, you know, you gotta be firm. And when I'm, when I'm putting firm, um, I, I putt better. Um, and, and that can be, you know, a dangerous thing if you're not objectively standing back and looking at all that information uh, through a lens of non-confirmation bias. But this is where, th- this is where I could, you know, I, I certainly make the situation worse on Twitter due to Twitter's limited character. You know, you have to be succinct. That's all there is to it. So I always get tagged in these posts. At this point, a lot of my followers have a pretty good idea of what I teach and how I teach it. And they'll see something that's not correct out there. And they'll tag me in it for comment. And because I'm an idiot, I always comment on everything. And that one with facts and specifically, he said that. And all I did to, to start that whole forest fire was be like, you know, actually, Brad, I highly doubt that's accurate. I mean, the, the best putters, I've looked at all of them. They just, that's just not the way it actually works. And then he comes back with kind of an appeal to authority of you're going to tell me what I did. And I'm like, here we go. Apparently, like, and I haven't even looked at the data yet. You know, that's what Lou does. I haven't even looked at it. And I know that statement's wrong just because of how good of a putter you were. And that's where they just, again, like it just shuts down because of the, the, the format of Twitter and the shortened character limitations. And it's just impossible to have a discussion that doesn't just start off flaming often because it's impossible to make a point succinctly that yeah. is also accurate. Also, as well, I do think I don't know the tone of anything that was said. I didn't really follow that, Fred. But um, you're going to tell me what I did is an interesting response. I'm not saying is that what the response was, not to single out Brad on this one, because like great guy. But but you should have mean the the, okay. (laughs) So the tone of that is so. It's so, and even if it's not meant to be. So again, like you say, the problems with Twitter. The tone of that is such a put down to someone who actually might be able to say how it was. You're saying how you feel it was. The clever thing is, is we've got data that allows us to see how it actually was. So you should want to know that. The fact that I think some players 
just seem to want to get on the back foot rather than if you had stats on my round of my life growing up i would want to know what they are i would want to know what someone who understands stats can make from what i did in the things i achieved and the things i didn't achieve i wouldn't well, be going well that's ridiculous you i, I you know i won this, that, and the other. You can't tell me that I could be better because unless you're, well, at the end of the day, unless you're Tiger Woods, you can't be better. And even Tiger, I'm sure, looks at himself and thinks there's things I could have done better. Like, I always think it almost suggests, like when people say they won 6 million, they won 10 million, like what you've, what have you won? I think, well, so you saying that they, they literally topped out, like that was as good as they could have ever been. Like, is there a chance that they could have won? 15 million instead of 10 is there a chance they could have won 20 million instead of 10 if they're just working on feels rather than actually looking at what happened then really like i mean i just i just don't my brain doesn't compute that it just that one baffles me yeah i've been working on i've been working on something you brought up tiger and and not too long ago tiger mentioned something about riviera and how angles out there matter, and Twitter yeah. sort of went abuzz with, with that. Yeah, because if Tiger says it, it's it's Tiger says it's, it, it must be it's true. Amen and gospel, isn't it? Well, That's what hey, I say. know this uh, this goofy bald headed uh, math nerd that has been uh, putting together um, a, an analysis in and in an interactive tool that that people will be able to use um, oh. for. Riviera going back to 2004. Uh, every single shot we that's been hit at Riviera since 2004, all broken down by, um, you know, distance side of the fairway that you were on. Where was the hole? Did you have the good angle? Did you have the bad angle? Comparing how people did on the left versus the right. Um, also comparing how a player did to what they typically did for the rest of the year. So I'm allowing you to baseline good angle versus bad angle and a baseline of player against themselves and how they did, you know, elsewhere uh, to see if having the good angle quote unquote actually made a difference. And if it did, how, what was the material difference? And, and uh, I, I can tell you from what I've seen so far, like I've looked at with so many others that no, it really doesn't make a difference. There, there are some situations where having the better angle will result in a lower overall score. But the thing that Scott always says, and what I always say is in order to get that better angle, you need to aim closer to trouble and trouble can just be simply the rough or can be a bunker that's nearby or can be trees that you would hit into or a hazard or OB, whatever the case may be, you generally have to aim closer to that. If you want to get on the edge of the fairway, you are near the edge of the fairway, which at some point, at the edge, it's no longer fairway. And, and just <laughs> at, at that point, it's what I yeah, exactly. Exactly. at the edge, it's no this, longer fairway. This is edge and, stuff. Just, <laughs> and, and just, just by definition, it's generally about a quarter to a, a 0.25 to 0.3 shot difference from being in the fairway versus being in the rough. And, and so can you position more over there? Sure. But when you shift closer to the edge, you're going to have more than miss the fairway and people need to start thinking in terms of a range of outcomes rather than just one single time and say, I aimed it up the left side and by golly, I, I hit it up the left side. So I can yeah. do that every time. And they discount all the times that, that uh, they you know, put it into the, into the junk on the left. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is as well, which I think is really interesting here, if you put into context, let's just put into context Tiger's statement. I presume it was said on a TV cast, a TV broadcast, was it? Or was it a tweet sure. where he said about Andy? No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been interviewed interview. in a TV yeah. cast. Yep. So let's just put it in the contrast for, uh, um, for people who don't really want to think about that situation the tv and get a star on or manage to get a chat with him and they stick a mic in front of his face and they ask him or her a question they have to give an answer they haven't got time to prep it's easier to give an answer that that gets a smile back and one that this moves the conversation along so the interviewer doesn't stare at you and think i have no idea what you've just said where do i go from here so the the TV model of that interview is based on the most safe, bumbling along kind of conversations. I would put the same. I have the same conversations, level of conversations with the lovely staff at my local Starbucks. When they ask me how I are, how I am, I don't tell them. Well, they don't care if I'm annoyed, upset, happy. <laughs> or not. I just say I'm fine. Fine, thanks. How are you? And I'll be honest with you. I kind of care how they are but I don't either. It's conversation. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like if they said, if they came back to me and said, well, I'm really unhappy and I think I might um, like jump in front of the next car that comes through on the drive through like and do it and I like, end it. I would think, well, oh, I don't know what to say now because I just want to pour yourself a cup of coffee work. and let's have yeah. a conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you see what I mean? The context of what Tiger is saying is not based on any facts. It's based on what he feels. And it's also based on him like going, I just want to get this. Let's just get this done. I and mean, he's not trying to change the world. He's just trying to have polite conversation. I'm not defending. What I'm saying is, is then the audience want that light, fluffy conversation. But then there's a big portion of the audience who are going, with well, Tiger said it on telly, then it's true. Because if it's said on telly, it's true. And if Tiger said it, it's definitely true. Little, little FYI for everyone listening. All things on telly aren't true. Politicians do sometimes lie. And um, golf pros don't really know why they're good lots of the time. They just are. Yeah, but like, but he also he's he's won eighty two times in fifteen majors. Yes, yeah, right? so it's right what he said it's there. Gotta it? be right. How well, many where do you draw the line on that one then? Uh, where, pro- probably you draw the line at uh, member member what? net champions. <laughs> That's where you draw I would the draw line. The line. But what <laughs> can you ask him? What can you ask but, him where we are now allowed I to would, what what is the questions that we're allowed to question those people on? in the public's mind. That's what I don't know. Where? What's the line? There's no reason to though, because we can just go look at the data of what he actually did. I don't care if he says, you got to have this angle on this hole. Okay, let's go look at every time you played it. And this is, you know, I talked to Colt Nost before we got on the, the radio today, just to go over a few things. So we were on the same page. Have you two and, made up? Oh yeah, we're all good. <laughs> and but but so what I said to him, I mean, I went back through every time he ever played Harbor Town, and I'll give him credit. The dude hits it really, really, really straight. Yeah. But even he was in the left trees one time and was able to get it up and around the green. And he did hit it right. Now he, you know, when we were talking, he was like, dude, that was my first 36 hole lead. I was just trying to get it airborne, which I can totally appreciate that. But 
he did catch the trees about 160 off the tee box, had to lay up. And there's just a lot more to it than just you got to shade it for this angle. And, you know, the only thing I really actually want to say so people hear is, I'm not, you know, because Oberholzer then just keeps on. Now he's just becomes patronizing with, okay, I surrender, you win. And I'm like, I'm not trying to win an argument. I am trying to educate the the listener. Sure, I hope that one of my followers buys the Decade app, but at the end of the day, it's not going to change my life if they do or don't. I really want the people that log in there to get good, accurate, real information. And Aaron, I'm not going to just say agree to disagree because you are 100% wrong. This is, you're literally arguing two plus two is five from how I see it. And that's, again, back to even Colt before we had our conversations, he was just like, you know, this guy, me, Scott, just comes in here just blasting his opinion as though it has to be right. And my opinion has to be wrong. I'm like, no, because yours is opinion and mine is math. It is not opinion. And that's huge. And that's important because it's from the Brad Faxon example. If you're a a college player out there listening to, to Brad Faxon say that you're for sure going to go putt more aggressively, you know, just firmer putts. And that is for sure going to make you putt worse 99% of the time. And that's what I don't want to happen because if I agree with what you say, it's just kind of a bravado offhand comment. I used to have to mark my comebackers. You know, does yeah. th- it was, it was a, a headline, podcast. isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. it was on a podcast. He was yeah, just yeah. pulling something out of thin air. I, and that's kind of what I tried to, I even tried to walk it back a little bit with Brad when that happened. And he was like, no, I did. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go then. Cause there's just yeah. no chance that's true. And, and then, you know, since Lou's great at work in the data, <laughs> Lou can illustrate that it's not. And the key is you, it's much easier to teach and to do what the best players do if you factually know what they actually did, not what they think they did. That's the yeah. key. Well, one of the biggest changes in my industry was the fact that we measure. It Golf went from having the loudest voice and a strong opinion and being able to like articulate what you're trying to say in a pretty golf way to you hit a shot i measure it and i can tell you the outcome and why it happened and you hit a series of shots and i look for the patterns and they're measured and we can try and move those patterns if you want to change shots i mean i i don't know any golf pros worth their salt now who doesn't do some level of measuring but it seems to be the measurement of winning money is an interesting chat of what did you feel how did you think you were doing it um, what did it feel like? How did you manage the pressure? What was your prep? Those conversations have some merit for me of how you won that amount of money. But just giving me the feel <laughs> of where you thought you hit it, if you can't quantify that, then I'll have to go off and quantify it myself before I believe you. But the trouble is, it seems that lots of people just seem to, if you win enough money playing golf, then whatever you say about that is just fact. It, it's, it's a, I, I do think that's really interesting. I think it, it's something as a coach that baffles me and always has done. I used to have a video in my seminar when I first started giving it back in 2015 or 16. And it was from Hawaii where, you know, there's a, a an American TV show, the Hawaii five O yeah. Yeah. And uh, and Faldo had the Faldo five O that because they were in Hawaii and he was talking about how you hit a draw from the trees. And he was like, you shut the face, you point it way left of the target and oh, then you yeah. swing into out. And I'm like, no, you don't. And that was yeah. in 2016 or 15. And I'm just like, this is incredible that that is not, it, it certainly is how we were all taught it for a long time. It's amazing, honestly, that we played as good as golf as we did. Well, that's the thing bad. that is that yeah that the <laughs> thing with that which is really interesting as well is that it's just simply like he might 
do that in his mind. So he, if he said, I feel like I'm doing this and look, there it goes, there it goes, then I would give it a go and feel if I do that. He actually isn't delivering that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's not delivering no. that face straight or left. It has to be delivered right if he wants it to start right. Um, so it's that that definition of not un- them not articulating that it's feel versus what actually is real. And often that's because they don't. Because why does Fado do? So he, doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't need to know what's real. He knows how to do it. This magazine well, or that... TV want him to articulate what he thinks he does. So he does. Um, but that's one of the biggest differences, isn't it, in the industry is that we are able to measure. And I think the measuring is making it so much more exciting. But like Lou says, it's a transition. I mean, I think it's a really exciting period in golf watching it evolve with measurements i only see it as the most exciting <laughs> you want my twitter login <laughs> yeah yeah i hear you as there's lots of people who you can see it blatantly is not physically scaring them but they're definitely out of their depth in the conversations it's so clear and this is something i've seen over the time certainly when i first started doing lots of launch monitor based lessons it was so funny to watch my audience become much funnier uh, or much um, wiser than mainstream media. And I get what what you get. You know, your audience says, this person is saying this, we know this isn't right because you've educated us. That's what they're saying. And I used to love that. People used to message me saying, he's just said that you do this, that, and the other. And your video says that's a joke. And I've practiced it and measured it. And it is. Why are they still saying this? And I used to think, they're just saying this on telly and they don't realize it's how much little respect they've got for their audiences. They don't realize that their audiences are moving faster on than they are. I always think that's, that's, that's the key. I mean, two, two, two points though, is for me personally, one of my biggest shifts in, in just ball striking consistency was learning that you hit a fade with the face pointed left of the target and your path just slightly more left than that. Just understanding that fact. And it's like, Oh, there goes the wipey fade. Yeah, I can now yeah. hammer, hammer a cut. And it's so different. And then the other thing that, you know, especially for me, since I've been doing this, I mean, I, again, I've been posting about strategy in an online poker form since 2010. Now I've, you know, got the math to start backing it up just after then when strokes game putting started being released. But one of the guys today that was being very condescending to me was, was basically saying, we're, we're, we're in a new frontier in golf with all this data, you know, now we need to figure out what data is good or bad. And I'm like, dude, I've been doing this for 10 years just because it's new to you. Like I totally agree. Decade has really become mainstream in the last few weeks with Zalatoris and Stuart Sink and, and whatever else. But just because this idea is new to you does not mean that we haven't been doing this full time for yeah. seven yeah. years now. That's a long time. And I think that's where those Twitter exchanges with like a tour pro become really challenging because they're starting from scratch and it's like, oh, we're doing this again. Like uh, my, like everyone, <laughs> like, what, are we really doing this again? There's, 
there's a great saying from Tim Ferriss, and it's it's the most accurate saying I've ever heard, where he says, if you're going to argue on the Internet, you have to assume that your adversary has unlimited time and energy because you will get somebody all the way from A to Z. And then somebody else will come along and pick the football up and walk it right back to a (laughs) square one. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh my God, we just did this for the last three days. You came in the last tweet and you're like, that's wrong. Like, yeah. oh boy, here we go. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. do the cycle over and over because I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, I'm more, I'm, that's an interesting discussion. I always like this one. And I'm really interested, maybe off podcast, Lou, to find out what the pressures of a member member win really does feel like. Because that to me sounds like proper melting pot stuff. That, that was... <laughs> It, it's uh, it's it's hard to put into words what it's like coming down the stretch, knowing that there's a, a you know an, an opportunity that you might have to go to a horse race extra hole type situation, right? Um, and and the pressure that that brings into the mix. yeah, it's intense. I'm it's sure. It's really it's it's very intense. Yeah, it's well. Well, intense. I for one, I'm dead proud of you for that. Underdome. I, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, in all seriousness, I think it's really important for all of us, all of us included in, in all of these conversations to realize that, you know, the things that we know to be true are based on information we have today. And that can continue to change and evolve totally. as we, as we learn more, you know, is two plus two always e- going to equal four? Yes. But things that we know and understand can change and shift. And it's important to, you know, for all of us to, uh, to keep that in mind as we, you know, learn things and expand what we know and the game continues to expand. And I think neuroscience, sports neuroscience is going to be one of the next big things that move the needle in golf uh, and in sports over the next however many years. Uh, I think there's, uh, it's still at its relative infancy uh, in what we know and how they apply it. But uh, that's an area that will continue to expand and impact everything. Just on that area alone, though, when I first started doing this seven years ago, I felt really tentative talking about meditation or anything like that. Like I literally felt like kind of a freak talking about it. And now I shout it from the rooftops, as most of you probably know, because I've just seen it work enough in my in my personal life in my players games in my own game and like you say that neuroscience that is yeah that is everything but what i will say is we're not we're also not bending space time here i people ask me all the time has anything changed with decade or strategy in the last few years i'm like no it's that's kind of solved i mean maybe different ways of applying it or, or teaching it but i will be surprised if anything materially changes from a strategic standpoint you know, unless they start just totally re, you know, designing golf courses differently. I, I don't think that'll change much. What Mark and you guys are talking about with regards to swing mechanics and understanding the biomechanics going on, I think that's a giant asterisk oh yeah it's constantly evolving and it's constantly moving and people are constantly changing bodies are changing ideas of what to get out of the bodies are changing so that that'll constantly be an ongoing discussion which is part of the fun of it there you go interesting one as always why are tour pros always right i don't know but i'm glad they are it makes me feel safer I, I feel safer as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you aren't subscribed already so you don't miss another great episode. Also, don't be afraid to leave a review down below. We're seeing lots of reviews coming in. Thanks for all the kind comments. Give us a review. Constructive either way, good or bad. Let us know what you think. Hit those stars down below. <laughs>